Welcome to the Nutrition Edit Podcast for high-performing women who want to up-level their health and feel their best in their bodies, careers, and personal lives. In this podcast, I'll sift through the latest nutrition and biohacking trends to filter out the bullshit, share what you really need to know, and help you put the good stuff into practice in a way that works for you. You'll get actionable tips from guest experts and myself on how to up-level your mindset, workouts, relationships, and environment, and start feeling like the badass woman you are. Join me as we bust through the bro science and male-centric health paradigm to help you achieve optimal performance, body, mind, and soul. Hey there, and welcome back to the Nutrition Edit Podcast. I'm your host, Jeannie Oliver, functional nutrition and lifestyle coach. And thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to have you here. And today I want to talk about all the reasons why you might be putting off prioritizing your health. So I don't really know a single other woman or friend who hasn't at some point put off whatever it is that she wants or needs to do to feel her best because something else seemed more important in the moment. I am definitely guilty of this. In fact, I did this for nearly two decades of my life for a multitude of reasons, but mainly because deep down, I didn't feel like I deserved it. Growing up, I got the message that people who exercised every day or put their needs first, were selfish, or they must be rich and spoiled to have the luxury of taking that time for themselves. And of course, I didn't want to be like that, so I always felt a little guilty about putting my needs before others. So what is it for you? What have you put your health on the back burner for? And what are you telling yourself is more important or more urgent than your health? A lot of women, and some men, of course, tend to think about self-care and making sure their needs are met as being selfish, right? But if our health and well-being are suffering, it eventually is going to affect everyone around us, whether it's our relationship with our partner, our performance at work, or in our businesses, or the examples that we're setting for our kids. That's a big one. We can only be self-sacrificing, too, for so long before we start to resent others, and nobody wins in that scenario. I was raised by a single mom who put everyone else's needs before her own, and she didn't learn self-care until long after I had left the house. You know, she was doing the best that she knew how to at the time, for sure, but I can tell you that my life and my health would have been so much less of a struggle if self-care and regular exercise and healthy boundaries had been modeled for me. I want you to think about it this way. If you are well-rested, you're well-nourished, you feel strong and resilient, how much better are you going to be able to show up and be present for the people and the things in your life that are most important to you? I really believe, and I know from experience, that taking good care of yourself and doing what works for your body will make you a happier person, and happier people are kinder, they're more patient, and more understanding. And don't we need a lot more of that in the world right now? If you're feeling energetic and healthy, it's also so much easier to achieve your dreams and your goals and to have the energy to fight for what you believe in. You know, there's a lot going on that we women need to be fighting for right now. And when we feel better, we're way more effective and we enjoy our lives so much more. In addition to feeling like maybe we're being selfish, another thing that often can hold us back from taking steps towards our health goals is not knowing what we actually need to do to achieve those goals. As a younger person, I had no clue what the right plan of action was as far as taking control of my health. And I don't know about you, but when I have no clue what to do or where to start, I get absolutely paralyzed and I get caught in that analysis paralysis state. 
And I think this is one of the reasons why it's really easy and tempting to jump on like fad diet bandwagons, big health trend bandwagons, especially if it's something that worked for someone that you know or admire. I mean, it gives us a place to start. It gives us rules to follow. There's some structure and direction to stick to if we don't know how to do something on our own. And we don't have to know how to do everything on our own. So, you know, it's it's natural that, that we would gravitate towards something like that. But the problem with a lot of these fad diets, crash diets, trends, whatever, is that they are usually one size fits all. And they don't teach us how to figure out what works for us as unique individuals. And they also don't teach us how to change things up as our bodies change over time. Our bodies are super dynamic, especially women's bodies. And, you know, year to year, whatever works for us can change drastically. Fortunately, many of the people that I work with, and maybe this is you since you're here listening today, they have all tried the quick fixes when it comes to health and wellness. And they're finally at the place of being willing to do whatever it takes to just make permanent changes for the better and, you know, be really proactive when it comes to their health. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts the other day called Feel Better, Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and his guest was Lisa Bilyeu. Um, She's an author. I'm forgetting the name of her book right now, but she also founded Quest Nutrition. Um, I don't love their products, but I think she's really cool. Anyway, she was explaining what she calls her no BS trick that she uses when making big decisions, and it's so great that I want to share it with you. So before embarking on a new endeavor or goal, she'll ask herself, no bullshit, what would it take? And then once she knows what it would really take to reach that goal, she asks, okay, am I willing to actually do what it takes to get there? And I think this is a really good tool. I think we all have to do the same thing when it comes to our health and wellness because desiring an outcome is not enough. If it's really important to us, we have to be willing to do what it takes to get there. And that may mean doing the hard work around, you know, emotional eating, healing from trauma, any self-destructive behaviors or addictions that we struggle with, etc. You know, it's likely going to mean dietary changes, uh, moving your body in more or different ways, maybe investing in proper medical care and lab work, etc. Because um, often, you know, mainstream medicine and typical insurance plans won't necessarily cover what we need when it comes to getting really holistic, comprehensive treatment. And, you know, I'll be honest, it's not always going to be easy. It's really easy to, as a nutrition professional, jump in and be like, I can make everything quick and easy for you. You'll get fast results, fast weight loss. It's like everybody wants things to be quick and easy. But really, that's that's not the reality. You know, hard work brings positive outcomes if we're doing the right things. And I think that we shouldn't be afraid of that. You've probably seen all those memes that say, you know, choose your hard. Basically, it's like, yes, it's hard to make changes to the way you eat or, you know, whatever you're doing in your lifestyle on a day-to-day basis. But it's also hard to feel like shit all the time and to hate your body. And to be constantly disappointed in yourself because deep down you know that you deserve better, but you keep doing the same things day in and day out because it's familiar, convenient, quick, etc. Hello, amazing woman. If you're enjoying the show, I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. 
Just find me at J Oliver Wellness and DM me the words nutrition edit. I'll add you to my close friends list where I share exclusive content and you'll be the first to know about my upcoming masterclasses and programs and get early access to my waitlist. Okay, now back to the show. I think there's a really common misconception too that we can't prioritize both our career and success and our health at the same time, but they are not mutually exclusive. If you're like most of my clients, you have very little spare time. So adding something to your schedule like food prep or self-care time may seem daunting or impossible. But here's an example. Like how many times have we heard about the busy, stressed out executive who eventually has a heart attack and is forced to slow down and focus on their health? Suddenly they make time for that exercise or food prep and they start paying attention to their stress levels. And, you know, given it's a lot easier to do this, if a doctor has said to you, hey, you'd better make these changes or you're going to die. <laughs> but my question for you is, like, why wait for the scary wake-up call? Why wait for it? I think we often tend, especially as women, we tend to wait for permission, either from our bosses or our families, friends, and or doctors. If you're someone who's been struggling with your health for a while, whatever it is that you've been doing or are doing right now is likely not working anymore. So it's time to figure out what it's going to take to change the trajectory of your life or your healing, and then just commit to doing it. Some of you have been prioritizing your health for a while and you just need to fine tune, or maybe you need to readjust to the stage of life or healing that you're in right now. Whatever it is that your situation is and whatever your goals are, it's important to understand that factors are at play that you can change and that there's some that you can't. So the key is to just start taking small steps to make necessary changes that you're able to. I always say that humans don't make big lifestyle changes unless we are really uncomfortable. So many of us have to hit rock bottom, so to speak, before we're willing to let go of whatever it is that's making us feel like crap or that's holding us back. We'll often beat our head against a wall until eventually we wake up one day or we have some sort of wake-up call or epiphany and we decide enough is enough. Something's got to change. And I think the good news, though, is that you don't have to hit rock bottom. You can decide that you want to feel better and enjoy life more right now. You just need the support and the tools to do it. If you haven't heard of it or read it already, I highly recommend the book Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg. He is, if I'm remembering this correctly, he is in charge of the head of the Behavioral Research Lab at Stanford University. And his whole philosophy on how we form habits is that, you know, it's not dependent on just repetition over time. I mean, you've probably heard that like, oh, if you can do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. Yeah, not necessarily true. What he's found in his research is that it's actually the emotions and the feeling of success that we have when we complete a task or reach a goal that will actually solidify that as a habit. And that we need to have a prompt or something that will remind us to do it every day. And whatever that little goal is, it needs to be stupid easy. So one of the examples he gave is this woman that he knew, client, I can't remember if it was a client friend, she wanted to start a meditation practice, but she really struggled with meditating for any length of time. So 
he said, okay, just start with a 30 second meditation, 30 seconds. That's your goal for the day. That's all you have to do. And she's thinking that's ridiculous. Like, is there even any point to doing something for 30 seconds? But the whole point again is to make this really low hanging fruit, like something that you can do regardless of where your willpower is at that day. So whether your willpower is really high or it's absolutely in the tank and non-existent that day, it's something achievable. So her goal was the 30 second meditation. And he said, you need a prompt. What do you do every day in your daily routine? And she said, well, I, when I'm getting ready in the morning, I boil hot water for my tea in my electric kettle. He says, great. Okay. Turn on your electric kettle while the water is boiling. Do your 30 second meditation. And so she did it. And the key here is that, you know, while she was able to create this little habit by doing something really small and stupid easy every day, she felt successful every time that she did it and was able to build on that and eventually meditate for longer and longer. But the kicker here is you're not allowed to raise the bar on yourself. <laughs> so she's not allowed to say, well, now I can do a minute meditation. So now that's my goal every day is one minute. Nope. It's got to stay at that 30 seconds so that regardless of your willpower level, you can achieve it. You can feel successful. You can give yourself kudos, pat in the back, whatever it is. Do a little, you know, touchdown dance, whatever works for you that kind of solidifies and the success in your brain, right? It creates a positive feedback loop. So that's the key. Um, and I encourage you to just start really, really small with certain things that you want to start creating habits around. Uh, he also talks about untangling bad habits and that is really fascinating too. So kind of one of the easiest ways to do this that he talks about is removing the prompt. So you know, for example, someone's driving home every night and they drive by a McDonald's, they smell the McDonald's fries, and then they're tempted to stop. Okay, take a different route home. That was one example. Anyway, I won't go into that anymore. You can check out the book, but really, really great. You know, my point is that success in creating a healthy lifestyle is found in consistency over time and in imperfection. And if you take on too much too fast, that's a recipe for failure. The key is to start small and build gradually, and an all-or-nothing mindset is not going to serve you well in this at all. I have had so many type A, high-performing female clients tell me that they are very much all-or-nothing personalities, and that they'll go balls out with a diet or a protocol until they totally burn out and crash, and then they'll be off the wagon completely until the next thing comes along, and they just end up in this vicious cycle over and over, right? And the all or nothing approach often can work for them in the context of work projects because there's a beginning and an end to those projects. But your life hopefully will be nice and long and we need to have a much more sustainable approach if good habits are going to stick for us long term. Another super common and maybe the most common pitfall that I see which holds people back is the idea that healthy lifestyle is going to be boring and that you have to eat bland food and never have a drink and never indulge in anything decadent. We've got this idea that eating well and exercising consistently is punishment and it's punishing. And we all use this sort of moralizing or demoralizing language around it. We'll say things like, Oh, I was good today. Or, you know, if we make certain choices or, I blew it if we get off track. 
And we even refer to certain foods as sinful or evil. And we'll say, oh, I can't have that or I shouldn't eat that. And the problem with this language is that A, it can trigger any rebelliousness that we have. And B, if something is off limits or forbidden, it's that much more alluring, right? It's like telling like teenage kids, like, you can't drink. What are they going to do? They're going to seek out alcohol. They're going to party. It's just one of those things. I have a naturopathic doctor friend of mine who said to me the other day that health is freedom from limitation. And I think that's such a profound statement because culturally we tend to think that in order to be healthy, we have to limit ourselves, deprive ourselves, that we're going to miss out on things. But Honestly, what is more limiting than losing our mobility, having no energy, having no motivation to live our lives to the fullest? Like those are real limitations. If you lose your health, man, what is more limiting than that, right? So what if instead of thinking about healthy choices as being boring and punishing, what if we completely reframed it? My challenge to you is to start thinking about food and movement in terms of rewarding nourishing and nurturing your body with what it needs to function at its best. That includes your mind too. It's all together. It's all connected, right? They're not separate. So people are, you know, always say, I just want to be happy. They're striving for happiness, but they're treating their bodies like shit. And if you're treating your body like garbage, you're not going to produce healthy neurotransmitters. Your brain chemistry is going to be off. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to get those endorphins and those, you know, feel good neurotransmitters going all the time. So, you know, your overall happiness relies on this too. It's not just about looking a certain way or meeting a certain standard or weighing a certain number. And you may not love how your body looks, but it really does so many wonderful things for you. I mean, like allowing you to hug your loved ones or pick up your kiddos or breathe fresh air, experience new places and new people. You know, if you're blessed with a totally able body, you can, you know, hike and swim and run and bike and do, you know, recreational things. It's, it's amazing. I know that sometimes it can feel like our bodies are working against us or fighting us, but really that is not the case at all. Your body is always working to take care of you and keep you alive. And this is another reason why I really hate that we get so focused on our weight or a number on the scale. Your value cannot be measured by a number on a scale or body fat percentage. You're so much more than your weight. And the real work here is in discovering how amazingly unique and wonderful and perfectly imperfect that you are. I know this sounds really cheesy, but it is so true. I mean, think of the women that you most love in your life. Do you adore and appreciate them because they are thin enough or have just the right body type or body fat percentage? I doubt it. And I guarantee that the people who love you care far more about you being happy and healthy than about what you weigh or if you have, you know, the ideal body fat. So please, please stop allowing your weight to dictate your value and your happiness. And if necessary, just stop bloody weighing yourself. I stopped weighing myself and stepping the scale about 10 years ago. And honestly, it was one of the best things I have ever done for myself. How my body feels, how my clothes fit, how strong I feel are all better gauges of health and body composition than the scale. 
And I'm no longer on the emotional roller coaster of watching that number go up and down every day. I think I mentioned this briefly in the last episode, but often when we start focusing on honoring our bodies by giving them what they really need and really prioritizing our health, the fat loss is a side benefit. And unfortunately, it doesn't usually go the other way around where when we're focused completely on weight loss, you know, we have all these health benefits in addition. Typically when people are doing, you know, the standard calorie restrictive diets, their metabolic health actually suffers. So again, I just encourage you to shift your way of thinking on this and start thinking about the foods that you choose and, you know, the movement that you do as really rewarding and nurturing for your body instead of thinking them of them as like this additional obligation and nuisance or punishment because it's really quite the opposite and you will always be glad when you end up doing those things and making those choices. It always feels good. So anyway, this was a pretty quick one today. That's it for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling inspired to start prioritizing your health and putting your needs first. You are worth it. You are amazing. I love you and I'll see you next time. Hey there, thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave me a quick review. Also check out the show notes for links to connect, follow and share this podcast and for information featured in each episode. See you next time. I am not a doctor and the content here should not be taken as medical advice. All information in this podcast is for informational purposes only, does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of practitioner or coach client relationship. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Do not disregard medical advice or delay seeking medical advice because of information you hear in this podcast or any other. And do not start or stop any medications without speaking to your health provider. Always seek the advice of a qualified health practitioner before undertaking a new health regimen. This podcast and website represents the opinion of Jeannie Oliver and guests to the show. Opinions of guests are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Jeannie Oliver Wellness, LLC, or our producers.